Today is the 17th day of January. I'm Jill. Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. If you are just finding your way here, so glad that you're here. We've been waiting for you, honestly, uh, because we have some stragglers that come and we are not the people that care if you show up late. That never made sense to me. People complaining about people showing up late to church. We should be so glad they're there. We are so glad that you are here. Uh, You're not late, you're just in time. And if you are just getting here, uh, we are 17 days into the Bible reading in chronological order. And we suggest that you start right here, right here, right now, today. And if you have time to go back and catch up, then great. But you will not be playing catch up. You will be caught up. And then you can go back if you so desire. But chances are, if you go back, you're not going to get caught up and you are more likely to fall off. We do not want you to fall off. We want you to be here. We want you to start today. And if you miss a couple of days, we want you to start on the day that you come back just so you can be here and be in the Word. We are in the story of Genesis, still in the first book of the Bible. We took a little jog over to the book of Job, and now we are back in Genesis, reading chapters 16, 17, and 18 today. And this week, we're reading the Christian Standard Bible, Genesis chapter 16. Abram's wife, Sarai, had not borne any children for him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. When she saw that she was pregnant, her mistress became contemptible to her. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for my suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and when she saw that she was pregnant, I became contemptible to her. May the Lord judge between me and you. Abram replied to Sarai, Here, your slave is in your power. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She replied, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring, and they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, You have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. So she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are El Roy, for she said. In this place have I actually seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Bear the High Roy. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son 
whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying, I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell face down, and God spoke with him. As for me, here is my covenant with you. You will become the father of many nations. Your name will no longer be Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I will make you the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful and will make nations and kings come from you. I will confirm my covenant that is between me and you and your future offspring throughout their generations. It is a permanent covenant to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. And to you and your future offspring, I will give the land where you are residing, all the land of Canaan, as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, As for you, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations are to keep my covenant. This is my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, which you are to keep. Every one of your males must be circumcised. You must circumcise the flesh of your foreskin to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you is to be circumcised at eight days old. Every male born in your household or purchased from any foreigner and not your offspring, whether born in your household or purchased, he must be circumcised. My covenant will be marked in your flesh as a permanent covenant. If any male is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that man will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, As for your wife Sarai, do not call her Sarai, for Sarah will be her name. I will bless her indeed. I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she will produce nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. Then he laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a hundred-year-old man? Can Sarah, a ninety-year-old woman, give birth? So Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael were acceptable to you. But God said, No, your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will name him Isaac. I will confirm my covenant with him as a permanent covenant for his future offspring. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will certainly bless him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him greatly. He will father 12 tribal leaders, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will confirm my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this time next year. When he finished talking with God, God withdrew from Abraham. So Abraham took his son Ishmael and those born in his household or purchased every male among the members of Abraham's household, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin on that very day, just as God had said to him. Abraham was 99 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13 years old when the flesh of his foreskin was circumcised. On that very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. And all the men of his household, whether born in his household or purchased from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. 
the Lord appeared to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the heat of the day. He looked up and he saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to meet them, bowed to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have found favor with you, please do not go on past your servant. Let a little water be brought that you may wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. I will bring a bit of bread so that you may strengthen yourselves. This is why you have passed your servant's way. Later, you can continue on. Yes, they replied, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent and said to Sarah, quick, knead three measures of fine flour and make bread. Abraham ran to the herd and got a tender choice calf. He gave it to a young man who hurried to prepare it. Then Abraham took curds and milk, as well as the calf that he had prepared, and set them before the men. He served them as they ate under the tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? they asked him. There, in the tent, he answered. The Lord said, I will certainly come back to you in about a year's time, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old and getting on in years. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, so she laughed to herself. After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I have a delight? But the Lord asked Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Can I really have a baby when I'm old? Is anything impossible for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will come back to you, and in about a year, she will have a son. Sarah denied it. I did not laugh, she said, because she was afraid. But he replied, No, you did laugh. The men got up from there and looked out over Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to see them off. Then the Lord said, Should I hide what I am about to do from Abraham? Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham what he promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is immense, and their sin is extremely serious. I will go down to see if what they have done justifies the cry that has come up to me. If not, I will find out. The men turned from there and went toward Sodom while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Abraham stepped forward and said, Will you really sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away instead of sparing the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people who are in it? You could not possibly do such a thing to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike? You could not possibly do that. Won't the judge of the whole earth do what is just? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham answered, Since I have ventured to speak to my Lord, even though I am dust and ashes, suppose the fifty righteous lack five. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? He replied, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Then he spoke to him again, Suppose 45 are found there. He answered, I will not do it on account of 40. 
Then he said, Let my lord not be angry, and I will speak further. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. Then he said, Since I have ventured to speak to my lord, suppose twenty are found there. He replied, I will not destroy it on account of twenty. Then he said, Let my lord not be angry, and I will speak one more time. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, I will not destroy it on account of ten. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he departed, and Abraham returned to his place. It's another day in chronological, which means in three chapters we have any numerous points to highlight, and they would all be completely valid, or we can just close our eyes and <laughs> scroll and pick a verse, and that would be valid too. I talked just a little bit at the beginning of the year that it's okay if when we listen, it's actually quite acceptable actually outside of our American culture, that when we listen to scripture, there are things that might come up that that might actually make us lean sideways. They might make us pause the reading and go back and make sure that we heard things the right way. It may cause questions within us. It may even cause us to question our views, our theology, the things that we have believed about God based on things we have heard that are in Scripture that actually are not in Scripture, or things that are in Scripture that we have never heard in Scripture. We can't fault teachers, pastors, speakers for not teaching things if we are not regularly in the Word and know what it says for ourselves and allow that still small voice of God to speak to us. I say this because some of those things may come up in the reading today. And another point that I'd like to make that we must understand when we read the, the Bible, especially in chronological order, is the Bible is written for a specific people in a specific place at a specific time. This does not mean, however, that the Bible is not one, relatable, two, relative, and three, it also does not mean that God is speaking directly to us in this year in whatever region of the world that we're in as if we're hearing this for the first time. Context absolutely matters. So if we're reading the story of Abram and Sarai, and we have a story such as Sarai's Egyptian slave, Hagar, and you're just having an issue with that, I absolutely get it. My theology was ripped apart years ago when I read the Bible through from front to cover for the first time, and I had to grieve the loss of beliefs that I had carried my entire life that were passed down in teaching that I never bothered to check for myself. Just a, a handed down passing of the faith. And if 
really rocked my world, if I'm just being honest. I'm saying there are days I couldn't get off the couch because I was so rocked. Uh, But thankfully, I'm married to the smartest man that I know that talked me through so many of my discoveries and releases. So all of that to say, uh, let's understand the context. We're talking Old Testament several thousand plus years ago. And we're talking horse and buggy was not that long ago, just a few generations back. And even if we think about in the context of maybe how the internet has changed our lives and our world, we remember the days that phones had cords. Much has happened. Much has changed. So the story of Abram and Sarai is ancient. And what we will see throughout the entire Old Testament is God in relationship directly with men and women, the forefathers, the pillars of our faith, by speaking to them directly. And he himself making covenants with these men that affect generations to come. And what we're hearing again today is the reiteration of the covenant God makes with Abram, which is now Abraham, that he will make him the father of many nations. And this is taking place with a man who is getting up in age, he and his wife both. And so if your issue that you cannot even get past is, wait a minute, Egyptian slave, Yes, this is part of the story. This is part of the culture. And you are welcome to have issues here. I suggest journaling. I suggest writing your questions down. They may be answered a month from now or several months from now, and they might not. But you can hold on to them. And I think you can even take them to God and ask him for yourself. And just as Hagar, who gets mistreated by Sarah and has to run away and flee because of the mistreatment, who feels discarded or thrown aside, God comes to her and he speaks to her. And Hagar asks such a beautiful and important question. In this place, have I actually seen the one who sees me? I could let this question make me weep if I wanted to. This is a question we all ask, whether we recognize it or not, whether we literally ask people, do you even see me? We are asking a question by living our lives because we are all born, especially as young girls, we are born into the question that we take to our fathers, do you see me? Do you delight in who you see? Do you even see me? And we will go to great lengths to be seen. But sometimes we are asking the question to all of the wrong people in all of the wrong ways. And so I find the beauty in this question today that Hagar, who feels discarded, who feels the rejection because she is seemingly rejected, knows who to take her question to. She knows who the right person is to seek the attention from the one whose opinion should ultimately rise above the voices 
that distract us, that take us out, that diminish us, that disqualify us, that make us try harder, that make us long and search for more and more and more. And it is an empty pursuit. There's so much more we could cover from our reading today, but let's just linger here. Let's just sit with this question. Maybe ponder what ways am I looking to be seen? Who are the people I am begging to see me? What life are they giving to me? And lastly, would I even know what it would look like to be seen by God Almighty? Jesus, I pray that you will speak to the heart of every person that longs to know the truth, that longs to know your voice, that longs to pull apart things in their own life that might need to be unraveled in order to have a deeper relationship and to enter into intimacy with you. I pray that as we reflect on this question today, that you will make yourself known in the way that you see, in the way that you know, in the way that you love every person. Speak in a way that so uniquely speaks to the uniqueness of the heart of each of us because we are yours, made in the image, made in the likeness of God. May we seek to be seen by you and you alone. Lead us into all truth, I pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just going to give space today to sit with this question. And maybe just take the next few minutes and allow the Spirit of God to reveal His truth, those who truly seek to know the truth of who God is and who He says that we are. I'm Jill. Together we'll turn the page tomorrow. Until then, love one another.